welcome to the London Horror Movie Club. I'm horror writer Lauren Jane Barnett. And I'm Chris Sapkowski, Lauren's older brother, and I've been watching horror movies since I was eight. Join us as we talk about the wild, weird, and wonderful horror films set in England's eerie capital. Welcome back, everyone. This month on the London Horror Movie Club, as promised, we have another great interview. Chris and I are very excited to introduce Alex Churchyard. He's in Britain already something of a superstar in the indie horror film. You've probably seen him on the BBC. He's been on the radio and Radio Essex, and he was just a couple of days ago on BBC here on the radio again. So he's been all over the place, but hopefully somebody a bit new for our American audiences. He's a great indie filmmaker. He's done shorts as well as feature films and is best known for Ice Cream on the Beach, which was up for nine awards, or actually 13, and won nine, including a best kill, which we're going to be very excited to talk about. Welcome, Alex. Hey, that's a, that's a lovely introduction. Thank you. <laughs> I'd say I, I loved Ice Cream on the Beach. I hope you don't mind. I'm probably going to ask you the question you get asked all the time. Best kill. You won that award. Did you love winning it? And did you think that that was your best kill in the film? Yeah, so I think the best kill, I think what we won was for the, the, the big grip that landed on the guy's head, I think. Ah, I thought, it, I was wondering if it was that or Danny, because there's it was a... One of, it was one of the two, and I, yeah. can't, I actually can't remember which one it was. But uh, yeah, that I mean, that brick death that we did, um, that was like one of those things where kind of figured out how to do it and then we kind of reverse engineered it into the film so there's some um, footage from like three years before we shot that where we just did it with one of our friends so we like we pre-shot it to sort of see if it worked and it did so it, that kind of death was going to be so many different characters in the film and we just kept rewriting and always working that one in uh and Danny's death as well that was I mean it was it was meant to be different it was meant to be originally quite brutal that she uh she got picked up and actually got placed on top of uh <laughs> we, we couldn't figure out how to do it. <laughs> so we did that instead but yeah both i mean both uh, those two deaths i guess are probably the best deaths so whichever one won yeah i i i see i think it was the brick one but i'm not sure both good deaths though and, and good deaths are uh one of the th- one of the things that make horror movies so great is just to find something u- new and unique right yeah, I think, I think you have to have, like, as well, like, you want some that are quite memorable. And, you know, I, I suppose you've probably seen a version of most deaths now in films, but you kind of want something that's a little bit unique or, you know, a slightly different spin on it. And, you know, obviously, um, Danny, the kind of, like, end shot of Danny's death is meant to be a bit sort of cannibal holocaust in a way, uh, a bit tamer than that, but it's kind of meant to be that type of thing. But, um, but yeah, a big rusty metal pole instead. <laughs> it reminded me as well of the omen i don't know if you were going for yeah that yeah and that as well yeah exactly yeah you have quite a lot of like nostalgia in there and and chris mentioned the 80s when we were talking about it was it was the 80s for a particular reason is it just love from your own past yeah i, I think so because like i think i think like the, a lot of the films i discovered when i was younger were things that like my stepmom had on uh, VHS and a lot of that was sort of 80s horror so that was probably my sort of main exposure and I kind of a- around the time I kind of got into horror I mean S- Scream which is a nice film had been out like a few years but obviously that's you know that's a really great entry point if you kind of want to get into like 80s horror because it's basically like referencing every single like slasher film from the 80s kind of thing so that's like a film that was quite like a, a sort of entry point for me and so I, I guess like growing up, I, you know, discovered the films that that film sort of mentions um, and, and got into 80s horror. So I think like it's quite influential. And I, th- I think generally you're finding like a lot of directors and, and, there's, and there's a lot of like nostalgic stuff at the moment that's, you know, like things like Stranger Things, which is obviously really nostalgic for the 80s. And I think you're getting that because quite a lot of filmmakers that are kind of emerging have kind of, you know, either grown up with that or that's what they discovered and that's kind of what influenced them. So yeah, 80s was hugely influential and Ice Cream on the Beach wasn't always going to be set in the 80s, but um, at a certain point, like me and the co-director Mike decided to kind of sort of change course and try and 
with absolutely no money kind of make a period film which is a really stupid thing to do but <laughs> it kind of works I, I, you know if, if you if you have quite a keen eye you will you will notice things that shouldn't be there but you know we, we i liked it though i mean i, th- I like the throwback to the 80s I, I mentioned it to lauren it was just the way it was shot and just and having the 80s, I mean, just everything about it. And basically because I was a kid in the 80s, right? So, I mean, it was like, this is great. Love it. What movies, I mean, you said Scream was one of the ones that, that you know, kind of get you into that. It's it's slasher movies. Was there a specific movie that you saw as a kid that you it kind of triggered your love for horror movies? It, it probably was Scream um, because... Uh, you know, and I think I think the reason that like Scream was an entry point for me is because I was probably the sort of right age for that to kind of be in blockbuster and seeing that case and thinking, oh, like what's that, and asking lots of questions, and then sort of eventually led me to see it, and that kind of was a gateway. And, and I guess as well, I liked you know the fact that it was all quite postmodern and it was you know like what they say like call meta now, kind of it it was self aware, it knew that it was a horror film and. I think most of the stuff I make, you know, it's pretty self-aware and it's, you know, Scream is is kind of a parody and my stuff tends to be comedy horror. So, I, you know, I think I think that film uh, really, I mean, I was also like, I don't know if this is a good art, like a, a good frame of reference, but I was like massively into Buffy the Vampire Slayer when I was growing up. Um, and that's again, I mean, it's of that ilk because it's it's something that um, is really sort of self-aware of the tropes, um, kind of tries to go against the tropes. I mean, the whole concept of that character is that because she looks like who would normally be the victim in these things. And, and that's and the whole thing. Right. is. Uh, so I, I guess, though, you know, it's a TV show, not a film, but, you know, Buffy and Vampire Slayer, I think Scream as well like a huge influence on me and a huge part of like what made me want to try and make films. Um, I suppose the other, I mean, my, my favorite horror film is Evil Dead 2. Um, but I did discover that a bit later. Um, but just the like sort of crazy zaniness. And I, I think what I love about um, Evil Dead 2 as well is that you kind of have the Evil Dead, which is like Sam Raimi making something on a low budget. Uh, and then he, you know, he got discovered and, he got to essentially like remake his film the way he wanted to, but just put a number at the end of it. And I, I think that's like an amazing story. And he made, you know, he bettered it as well. He made it so much better. And yeah, so I love that as well. Gosh, yeah. That's nice. Actually, you, you're you doing, um, I, to not to forecast too much stuff, but you're doing a documentary on how difficult it is doing indie films in, in horror at the moment, aren't you? You just launched it. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so like we literally just like announced it yesterday, but yeah, it's called Shoestring, um, and it's 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 like predominantly going to be focused on like UK indie horror, um, but we will kind of go out a bit further as well to kind of get like a perspective on this country scene. But yeah, I I, I think like with sort of some of the interest we've had from the BBC over the last few months, and also just because like I've always been interested in documentary and obviously we met a lot of people along the way and we're obviously versed in it as well. I, I thought, well, why not make a documentary? And it sort of came about because we were starting to figure out special features for uh, Video Shop Tales of Terror and make a sort of making of documentary about that. And then I just sort of thought, well, you know, and I was sort of talking to a lot of the directors from that saying, you know, let's do a, let's do some interviews and then I just sort of thought well it would actually be really interesting to talk to them like more widely about their careers and then I started thinking they're probably not just directors like actors um you know makeup artists anyone who's ever worked on one and then also the people that watch them because that's really interesting and the people that put on festivals that show them and I think I think you know it's really I think really interesting and I think there'll be like a lot of personal stories in it. And I know like a lot of actors and things that have met on the sets of films and then they got together. Um, and, you know, so I think there's like a lot, you know, I think it'd be quite a broad interest as well as, sorry, my dog is making loads of noise, but um, <laughs> I'll show you. That's <laughs> okay, it's um, usually Chris's dog that's making the noise. It usually is, I'm, so, I'm surprised they're not up here right now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's that's shoestring, and you know, because basically films that are made on like a shoestring budget. Um, and yeah, we're 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 literally starting that tomorrow, like filming with uh, Danny Thompson, 
Um, so, and, and, you know, we'll probably, we'll be working on it, you know, through next year, but we've had like a, a like an amazing amount of people contact us since yesterday. And we'd obviously sort of pre-signed a few people up as well. Um, but yeah, I'm like, yeah, really excited about that. And, and um, my, my sort of film uh, directing partner, Mike Holiday, he's sort of, um, he made ice cream on the beach with me and then he sort of shot uh, the majority of our second film mosaic with as well but then he sort of took a, a sabbatical really from filmmaking and i kind of went and worked on video shop and did uh, like a segment for the horoscope films um but he's coming back for that as well which is really exciting oh nice yeah. do you, what do you prefer you're doing documentary now you've done feature length films you're doing you know you've done shorts you've written directed um produced what what do you get the most interest in what what excites you the most when you're looking at a project in the beginning um i think in terms of role i think like directing is the thing i like doing the most um but obviously i i think you know at our level sometimes you just you end up wearing a lot of hats kind of thing so you do end up like producing uh which i enjoy and but, you know, I think like in an ideal world, you know, probably solely direct and but but be there from, you know, the conception of the project to the to the end. Um, I've, I've edited a lot as a for like a living, so I'm kind of used to editing, but that's something that like it gets harder and harder the more you do because you just have all these things piling up. So it's one of those things where I wish I could kind of like get someone else to do that occasionally but yeah I think I think directing because it kind of you know encompasses everything really because if you're there from you know the conception of the project whether you're writing it or not you're going to be steering it in some direction and then of course when it comes to the post-production as a director you you know you have a big hand in in how that's put together and how it's completed so that's my sort of favorite role I, you know like we end up you have to sort of um at this level like diversify quite a lot and you know i've done a lot of with ice cream on the beach like a lot of we did a lot of the effects rigging there because we didn't really have uh, any effects artists we had like a makeup artist on that one but no real effects artists so and i you know i love i used to love like going in my garden and trying to figure out how you would like decapitate somebody and <laughs> things like that um i always thought like we, we live um like where we live we're kind of like up and down flats so that means that most of the backs of the properties have like balconies and stairs so you can see into everyone's garden so i wondered sometimes what our neighbors thought when i've got like hannah like my wife with a, a shovel like hitting this head off of a mannequin and you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's happened. It's happened uh, when on Mosaic we sort of started working with a guy called Alex Gent, who's an effects artist, makeup artist. And like, I went and would go to his house and we'd sit in his garden. We'd talk about effects, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, you know, we can fill fill a condom up with blood and then whack that." And uh, you could hear like the neighbours in the garden next door. And I'm just like, oh, "I don't." This really sounds terrible. <laughs> something bad happens the neighbors aren't going to say they were super quiet it seemed very very nice yeah. <laughs> well, dude, it's, it's doing the special effects i think i remember talking to your brother that he did some of that as well is doing special effects something that you then like got handed as well was it a family thing yeah i mean my, my brother max he's he's like he's very annoying in that like whatever <laughs> he puts his hand to he's like really good at it like much better than i am and so like I mean, he, he's like directed with me and things as well. And, and he's, you know, I, for the, for video shop tales of terror, we wanted, um, like a, a video shop model. Um, and we wanted it on top of like a mountain and he like does a lot of like Warhammer stuff, which is like painting miniature models and things. And he was like, oh yeah, I'll make that. And then he made this thing and it was stunning. Um, and so, yeah, he, he's actually really good at makeup and effects and I don't really know why it's just like. He put his sort of mind to it and he's good at it but i think i guess we're both you know i'm i'm not i wouldn't be able to like do makeup on anybody but i you know i can i guess like i'm quite practical in that i could sort of figure out how to rig something you know like if i wanted a decapitation blood squirting you know i guess for whatever reason it's in my brain and i guess it's just because we've been doing it since we were kids and you know when you had to you, you'd have someone just putting blood in their mouth and like 
spitting it through a hose kind of thing. And yeah, so that's the but yeah. Do you like work do you like working with your brother? Uh yeah, I do, to be fair. <laughs> it's it's uh yeah, so I mean he's he's sort of particularly I mean he worked on ice cream on the beach a bit. He particularly came on like when we did mosaic, did like bits of makeup and effects. He's sort of been like an AD on the video shot films, so like an assistant director. Um, and then we co-directed the, our segment, uh, the Mary Whitehouse segment for Video Shop. And that's because, you know, we, we sort of grew up together and watched a lot of the same films, both really like The Evil Dead, and that's like a homage to The Evil Dead. Um, but yeah, you know, he's he's someone like who I think, and it's, it's the same with Mike as well, who's, you know, not my brother, but we've known each other a long time and probably have a similar relationship. I think we sort of have like a um, similar vision and and you just know, you know, with with um, Max, my brother, um, I I I don't really like doing like cinematography. It's not my strongest suit. I prefer to work with a DOP or or at least have you know someone else there who's better at lighting. But with that film, I decided it would be easiest if I did do it. So I really wanted someone behind the monitor, like making sure everything was right, kind of thing in terms of sort. Of so that's why he sort of co-directed with me on that. And yeah, I mean, it was the right decision. And yeah, I always try and get Max there if I can, because he he can just sort of, you know, if you need someone made up, he can just do it. And it's a bit annoying that he's good at it. <laughs> no, that's great. I, I'm curious then, you've done a lot of different kinds of directing and mixed with, with other directors and on your own. What was the most challenging directing experience for you? um there's, there's been a there's been a few um i think like when we did ice cream on the beach we the first like we, we so we with that film we kind of um shot it over weekends which is what a lot of us do really because you have to earn some money in the week and then you know spend it at the weekend <laughs> um but we we sort of started quite small and we just did um you know there's the scenes with like the girl and the mum kind of thing where she's being horrible to her so we did that first and then the the second weekend was all the stuff in the pub and, we, and it was like we suddenly had and we got a lot of people to help out and we had a lot of extras and we'd never really had extras in our lives we didn't know what to do with anybody and we had this pub and it's it, although it doesn't seem complicated it was just like because you had to like block everyone and have everyone going in us and that and I was just like oh what have we done and I was like so that was that one was really difficult um we had when we did uh Mosaic the second film um um Mike was sort of co-directing with that with me but when we came to do the wraparound which is the big bit and it's got Simon Bamford in it and Tony Marden's in that as well and it's the sort of thing that connects it all together um he, it was during COVID, but like the restrictions were gone, but it was when you could get tracked and traced, even if it was just that, you, you know, pass someone on the bus and your phone. And, and that happened to Mike just as we were about to do it. So I had to do it on my own. And it was just like, I was just not mentally prepared. And it was, that was, that was probably the top, like, it was just so, we had so much to do. I mean, I luckily did have Max on that and I had a second cameraman, but Oh, I was just, I, I was just, just so stressed, and like I'd sort of be texting Mike, um, but it, you know, it was sort of like, um, I, I guess it was like a good um, test for me because I've sort of gone on to do things on my own, and it was really the first time I had sort of done anything like that on my own, and it was like there wasn't really time to think about it too much because we just had constant people in and out. A lot of, you know, the ending of Mosaic involves a hell of a lot of extras um and yeah it just kept moving um it we did uh, i mean I, I we we basically got into the location on the friday to set up and i think we left like four in the morning we were back there at about half six and i think we were leaving at about three in the morning and then the same the next day it was like it was a crazy crazy shoot um and I, I'm sort of surprised that Simon Bamford still talks to me because it was just like, <laughs> it was really nice. But it was, yeah, so that, that was probably the most challenging. I think um, when when we came to do like the video shop wraparound, um, the first one, that was like a big difference because that was when Mike had sort of officially stepped away. 
So I was coming into that on my own. Um, we had Andy Boothby, who is the cinematographer on that, who I'd met uh, on Witches in the Sands, but I didn't know him that well at that point and had never worked with, you know, I hadn't worked with him in, in that capacity as like a director. And, and, you know, a lot of new people as well, as well as like some old people. So I was quite nervous about that, but I sort of like fell into that quite easily in the end. And, you know, I felt, I felt like we were sort of successful with that. So, yeah. Okay. I don't Have know you said last at all, but it's like a load of waffle there. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious when you're saying you get all these people and stuff, where, where are you finding, I know Lauren has, has now, um, been killed in multiple ways in different <laughs> movies and scenes but where are you finding your actors and actresses are these just people that you've you've met or is the is the indie horror scene getting big enough where like you're getting four people come out to be like i can be the girl who gets you know a brick thrown on her head or or how how does it work for you like wh what are you looking for when you or how are you finding the people that you're you're putting in your films yeah, I, I, so when we did like Ice Cream on the Beach, it was it was kind of tough because, um, you know, though we'd made like shorts and things, we'd, we'd been working like professionally for a few years and we hadn't really made anything creative. Um, and, you know, we knew a few people, but we didn't know the amount of people we know now. So in terms of like the behind the scenes, there were times when Mike and I were kind of doing all the roles. So like Mike was like filming and I'd have like the boom pole and, it was really tiny some of it you know the, as i say the pub thing was a bit bigger but like i know like when we shot the ending of that film it was literally just me and mike and the actors kind of thing um in terms of like people um yeah i mean when we did that film i guess we, we more like we did the sort of traditional like putting things on casting websites there was a few like exceptions where we kind of met danny a few years previously and um she actually originally, because in the film she plays an actress, um, in Ice Cream on the Beach she plays an actress, and that was actually like all retrofitted because what had happened is we'd filmed the sort of decorator, the fake film that she's in. We'd filmed that years before because we tried to get Ice Cream on the Beach going three years before we actually ended up shooting the main bulk of it. Um, and we'd already filmed that with her, but then we were like, oh, it kind of sucks that she's only in it only going to be in it for like 10 seconds so I contacted her and said would you be interested in a bigger role and we kind of had this character in it that was just like awful to everybody basically and we were like oh what if like the reason she's kind of awful is that she's you know like an aspiring actress who's kind of like maybe slightly uh lied about how big her film roles have been and she's just annoyed that she's stuck in this little pub so we kind of retrofitted that so like Danny was someone where we were like Kind of pulled her from that bit of casting that we'd done before um and yeah we, i think we just with ice cream on the beach we really just lucked out because um i mean uh, one of the guys jamie evans who is also a director um he uh so he plays jeremy he plays like the guy that's like a film geek uh dies quite late on um we were shooting on south end seafront on the beach we were filming like this promo thing that we never really used <laughs> what we were doing we had a guy holding an ice cream and it was meant to be like strawberry sauce was going on it but it was fake blood and he <laughs> he saw us and he came up so jamie evans was walking past and he was like oh what you know what are you making and i was like oh we're just doing a promo for a film and he was like oh i'm an actor so we met him when we were doing that and then i think we met up with him in a pub and he, you know we always kind of said oh well we'll put you in this um you know, there's a guy called Chris in it who plays the the guy that kind of lives on an allotment plot, the sort of dirty guy that gets gutted. He's he's an actor that does a lot of theatre in Southend, but he is the dad of one of our really good friends. So he was like someone again where it wasn't always. I think at one point he might have been the the the, the police chief that Martin plays, but like he was always involved. Um, and Hannah is my wife who played the main character, and that was. That was real, you know, I mean, obviously we wanted to have her in it, but, you know, it, it was one of those things where we were so scared that uh, the actors would just drop out midway through because we were shooting <laughs> over weekends for months. We were like, well, right. 
if it happens to one of the smaller characters, it could be funny if they suddenly disappear or we have to recast them, but probably not the main character. So let's make sure we have someone we really trust for that role. Uh, and we were lucky that no one actually did end up dropping out. But yeah, so, the, the, it, you know, Ice Cream on the Beach was like sort of traditional sort of posting things out on casting websites. And we just really lucked out with a lot of those guys. Um, I think like as you as you progress, you do like a film, like when we had Ice Cream on the Beach. Um, I remember that sort of premiered at Horror on Sea and it was the same year that Michael had a film called Pandemonium and it had a lot of the same people in it. But it also had um, James Hamer Morton and Charlie Bond in it. And they, those guys have done quite a lot of indie film. They did that film uh, film recently, uh, Powers for Cheerleaders. Um, but I met them and I started talking to them. And then, you know, we cast them in Mosaic. They were the first people. Uh, Tony Mars and I met at Horror on Sea. Uh, I bought some artwork from him, I think. Some of the, those little things there were his. Um, the, little, the little guys from uh, Halloween 3. Um, and it, it sort of like snowballs, I guess, because you you know you you meet all these people at, um, at festivals, at premieres, and on other people's films, and you know, and yeah, just as time goes on, it it snowballs, and that ball just gets bigger, and you know more people, and you're more connected. And we're sort of in a place now we we'll, we'll put like casting things up online if we need something, but generally there's like a big enough pool of people where it can just go back to people we've worked with before or people I know others have worked with as well. Um, and I, I generally prefer that because, I, you know, you know, you need to, you want to work with people who are A, good, but also be really nice and, you know, aren't going to give you any trouble on set really. And it's right. and, and people who have worked on this kind of, you know, you want people who have worked on low budget stuff so that their expectations aren't like <laughs> ridiculous. They're not going to be like, no one's going to be like following them around, looking after them on set. They just, you know, sort of tend for yourself a little bit, kind of thing. And yeah, so it's, it's a lot easier now. And, and, and as well, like we we have like more of a dedicated crew. So we have like um, Ian, our sound guy, who's fantastic. And as I say, working with um, I work with a few DPs now. I mean, I love, I really like working with Andy. Um, but I'm, I'm working with another uh, DOP on another project, Python soon, Kamal. Um, and I've worked with a guy called Duncan as well. And, you know, so you, you just find, I think you find that more people kind of want to work with you as well when you've got, I, I don't know, it, I don't want to sound egotistical and say like a proven track record, but we have some sort of track record, I guess, you know, we've right. made something and someone and people can watch it. Um, uh, yeah, so it, it, that that process is a lot easier now. I can right. imagine. And is is it so you talked a little bit about the fact that you're doing um Video Shop Tales 2 you've been filming now and Video Shop 1 is coming out. Have you found that with with sequels and things like that there's also you can bring back a lot of the same people or is it do you try and go for a totally different vibe with a sequel? Yeah, so like with with this second one it's it's like a you know because of it, in terms of what I what I've done for Video Shop or what I've done is I've done the wraparound story. And then I've done the sequel to the background story. And it is like, a, this second one is like a, a true sequel in that it kind of continues on basically like the same story, the story from the last one, it continues that story on. So it really was about bringing back most of the, most of the cast again. And there's a few, a few new people in there. There's a, and there's, I think there's at least a couple of the people playing different characters for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, I'm not really, uh, I, I don't know, I'm not like super bothered about continuity. I never, I mean, obviously with the video shop films, they're meant to connect, um, but all of our films do connect and it's sort of on accident. Like, um, so Danny's character, Paula, who's in Ice Cream on the Beach, who dies, we decided like when we did Mosaic, that one of the parts of that would be involving that character and it's modern day. So, and she's alive, but we don't explain it. Um, and then when we did video shop, um, we there was like a lot of, um, I think Lau really liked the idea that Danny would kind of be in all the different segments and the wraparound. And I thought, well, if she played that actor character again, then you've actually got a logical explanation for that because she's, you know, she's Paula, the actress in the video shop. And then she's in the segments as characters she's played kind of thing. Um, but, you know, again, she dies in video shop and then she's back in video shop too. So, you know, don't care about constant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that. 
How many movies do you have or how many stories, whether they're shorts or whatever, going on in your head at one time? I mean, it's you, you've touched on a lot of different you know stories that you're working on. Are you working on multiple at once or are you very uh, siloed and just thinking like one until that's done and then you start over again? I, a bit of both in that I think there's like a lot of ideas and then I think, you know, I tend to... I guess like it because I never I've never like sat down and had writer's block it like I never sat down like at the computer and tried to write something that's not already in my head but I think like I come up with an idea and it can't fully form and then sort of move on and and you know and then I'll just kind of progress that you know the the, the dominant idea I guess in my head um but you know I think there's in terms of what like film you know the next feature would be, I think that we've had like four or five that it could have been kind of thing. And we've decided to go with this documentary, but there are like a few feet, other features that are sort of bubbling away. But, you know, I know like we had like a project that we were going to do uh, called The Wolf of Hunt. That's kind of been put on hold. We were going to do a decorator movie that's kind of on hold. The next thing that we will do aside from the documentaries uh it's the christmas film that's called uh fuck it let's kill santa which is like <laughs> and yes that's, <laughs> uh that's something like that i i mean um hannah's kind of helping with it um but that's something i've been kind of developing as like the first sort of feature that i'll direct solely but like so, like um because obviously i've done like the wraparound for video shop, but then there's this segments that are done by other directors and, you know, I've done bits and pieces, but never actually a full, you know, 90 minute film completely directed by me. And I think, um, I think Andy's interested in being DOP on that. So that's, that's kind of the film that's kind of sort of bubbling away at the moment, uh, which I'm really excited about. It's very stupid, but essentially it's about this group of people that are, they kind of it opens with them uh, it opens with them killing Krampus and then realizing that Krampus was just doing the bidding of Santa all along. So <laughs> one time they just go fuck it, let's kill Santa next kind of thing, and that's what the film is. So yeah, so, oh, I, I like that idea. I like that idea. <laughs> yeah, I honestly I can't wait to see that. That sounds so. <laughs> Did you watch a lot of the like? Because recently there was Violent Night, and there've been a few other like Krampus movies. Have you watched a lot of the holiday horror movies? Is that your inspiration? Yeah, I mean Hannah loves Christmas horror. One of the segments that she wrote for Mosaic is uh, like Christmas set is shot set in a shopping center on Christmas, where like a lone security guard has to look after the building and can't be with her family on Christmas kind of thing. So, but, you know, I like them too. And, and actually like you sort of, you know, said about like the, the kind of Krampus films, like I think uh, with that title, it's like destined to get changed into just like Krampus the Awakening or something, because <laughs> that's just what they do with all of them. Right. It's just like Krampus right. something. Um, but yeah, yeah. I like, you know, I like those. And I, you know, there's, there's some genuinely good ones and there's like, the supermarket shelf disposable ones but they're still like a lot of fun as well so yeah yeah i love yeah. I think there's something about like setting uh you know it's like it's quite vague in ice cream on the beach but we kind of have it set around halloween but i, I always think it does add something when you do sort of like sort of attach it to a season there's something about it so yeah I, you know christmas horror is great that's great i i noticed when i, I actually watched um ice cream on the beach last night so uh -huh. uh, I, I was fresh to it and we I know we were interviewing and, and i have tubi which is like a horror movie lover's dream like they have great yeah. stuff on there um so i was watching that and i noticed the halloween thing and was curious because i know when when my sister moved to to england halloween is not what it is here i mean i know that they there's, it's celebrated but it more it's more an adult more of an adult holiday right it's more of an adult like go out to the bars Am I am I wrong in this? Am I am I? Yeah, no, you're completely right. It's nothing really, nothing like it is in America. And I suppose, I mean, we had to do what we did do is done on a budget. I think otherwise it would have been like more explicitly Halloween. But you know, we we couldn't afford like lots of decorations. But we were, I guess, kind of slightly aping more like the Americanized version of Halloween. You know, and it it, it isn't really the way like British people celebrate it. It's not really a big deal. Um, okay. you know, 
here. I, I think it's got a bit bigger. Like certainly, like now you get more displays. But I mean, I've been to I've like spent Salem in uh, like I spent Halloween in Salem before. So I I've seen how big it can be in America. Yeah, at Halloween. Um. Uh. So. So yeah, it's not really like that at all. But we just kind of liked the idea of that kind of being the backdrop to it a bit. And 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 as I say, like if if Ice Cream on the Beach had a bigger budget, we would have probably had like everyone's front garden covered in all this Halloween stuff. We just, <laughs> we just couldn't do that. So it's 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 like limited. But no, it was it was it was fine. I just I just was curious of of what what pulled you to that because I, I Halloween is definitely my favorite holiday. So I was I was curious with that i do have a question i mean going kind of with ice cream on the beach like i'm a big sucker for locations on films like cool locations really bring me into a film and i was i love the location for ice cream on the beach i just like the little town how did you choose that like what made you was it just the ease of getting there (laughs) filming on the weekends and doing that or was it was there something more to it the look of it How, how did you guys choose that so i think um it's a bit of it's a bit of so when when like ice cream on the beach started out um you know it wasn't always going to be this 80s thing set on you know in a sort of fishing village-esque thing originally but we started to think like we'd never really used the backdrop of south end very well like we'd never really used the seafront um and we started to think about you know could we set it in the 80s and the, and here it's, it's it, without basically like sat there south end and part of south end is leon sea and leon sea has the old town which is what you see a lot in ice cream on the beach and it's ba- you know there are modern parts to it but it's basically untouched and it looks old you know when you film it you can't really tell so we just wrote a lot of it and we decided that the characters would be like fishermen because we knew if we filmed in that bit of old lee it would look old so we kind of wrote around that location, um, sort of knowing that it would it would work with that time period, or you know you could probably have set it earlier there because it, it just hasn't been touched for however many years really, <laughs> um, and and it is on our doorstep as I say like it, it, Leon C is like a ten minute drive from where I am right now kind of thing, okay. very, very close. Given any budget, is there somewhere in the world you'd love? to shoot a horror movie in oh um i really like um i was i saw um i went and saw my neighbor Toro at the barbican in london oh, yeah. in that building the barbican I, I don't know if you've been there but it's really like interesting like it's got really interesting architecture i think they call it a uh, brutalist it's very like concretey um, and when we were in there, I, I really was like saying to Hannah, like, what's being filmed here? And stuff. not that I'd ever be able to get it. But I think um, like a little while later, we were watching um, uh, this guy called Joe Cornish. He, he did uh, Attack the Block, but he did a TV show recently called Lockwood & Co., yeah. which was okay. But they they actually used the barbecue as their like headquarters, which is kind of what I was thinking like you could make, because it, it's just really like interesting like architecture. There's um, There's a place... It's really local to here, Brentwood. It's called the Bunker, I think, or the Nuclear Bunker. And that's just like an old bunker, but it's, you know, it's almost like a museum, but they do hire it out for filming, but it's not like very attainable. But it, you know, it's kind of got like this military-esque thing and it's got like old hospital beds in it. So I'd love to film there. That that might happen one day, you never know. That sounds creepy. I don't know how to check yeah, that yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be cool. That would be cool. You got also have a lot of those, um, I guess in the in the Thames and like going off towards the the bay. I'm I'm so not great with uh, England geography, but don't you guys have those towers that are in the in the water, like the Gunner Towers or like yeah. the, the lookouts? Yes, so we I, do. I've always found those super creepy too. I'm not saying that you could film on those; that would give you very. <laughs> uh, but those those have always kind of creeped me out as well. So. Yeah, no, that, that would be cool. I think I think we have one that's fairly local. I think people walk out to it, but I've never been there. But yes, yes, they would be really cool. That's quite cool. 
So I've always kind of wanted to ask this. We do it on every single episode. Usually it's Chris who does, but I, I really wanted to know oh. what you thought. Um, we always ask our guests if they have a good horror movie to like start yep. someone off with a horror film. Because I, my best friend, for example, won't watch horror movies. Chris has friends who don't. And you know so many like different horror movies from, from indie to really popular, well-known one. What would be a good starter horror movie for you? It's tricky because I feel like I mentioned it a lot, but if you were like sort of mainstream, I probably would, I probably would recommend Scream just because I do think it's a really good like introduction to particularly slashes, and then you can like you know figure out what the references are and go and find those films. So I, you know, I think I it feels boring because I've mentioned it before, but uh, I, you know, I think that's a great, a great sort of gateway film um, with indie. Uh, what would I recommend? It was really I, I, one that I think like it, it kind of like um, it, it sort of like right it walks that sort of tightrope of, of being like a quite a low budget indie film, but it looks really good and it it kind of it, it got onto like Sky Movies and things was um thing called Book of Monsters, and I, I that was really good. It's um oh it's it was really like well a really well made film. It did really well. It went to Fright Fest, but I I think that's quite good because like. Maybe if someone's like more, you know, hasn't really seen much indie stuff, but they're more into mainstream, I'd, I'd recommend that because it's kind of, it, it still has like, you know, it's not got Hollywood production values, but it's, it looks really good and it's got lots of different monsters in it and practical effects. And it's a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's like, yeah, I, I, it's one I really enjoyed. Uh, yeah. So you go watch. When you go watch a horror movie, are you looking to be entertained? They just have like a fun ride or do you? Are you past the point of like, man, I'm spooked or I, I get that like gut feeling, you know, um, what are you looking for when you, when you pick a horror movie, like you want to go see? I like, I mean, I, you know, I do like being scared. I like films generally that have a bit of sense of humor, like have, have a sense of humor about themselves a bit. I don't like things that are too like po-faced and sort of overly serious. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think something that has like a bit of comedy, I like films that, you know, I feel like film should like entertain. So I like films that have like, you know, those moments that sort of like excite you and make you laugh or, you know, scare you. But yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I guess I like kind of like a mixture really of, of right. yeah. Yeah. Did you have a, a very first comedy horror movie you fell in love with? Because I Scream is, like you said, pastiche, but you have one that's like a proper comedy, comedy horror. Yeah, again, I said it, but Evil Dead Two, I would say, like, yeah. that's like, that's that's just like a film that, like, I just I, I watched and I was like, I can't believe what I'm watching, and this is just amazing, and you know, just like off the wall, and uh, just, I just I I don't know if I can quite articulate how much I love that film, just how <laughs> stupid it is. Uh, so yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely Evil Dead Two, and uh, just I think like, uh, yeah, you if. if if, if, if I could have made one film, it would be that film. I, I wouldn't, don't have the talent to have been able to do that. But, you know, I just, I love that film so much. Now, I'm I'm horrible with names. Bruce Campbell is in Evil Dead, right? That's that's Bruce yeah, Campbell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce Campbell. So any thoughts of getting Bruce, at, reaching out to Bruce Campbell and asking him to be in, in one of your, your next feature? I'd absolutely love that. I think I think he literally just retired. He, like, <laughs> he announced it about two weeks ago, I think, that he's like, uh, I'm whatever age he is. He's like, I guess I'm done now. But, but yeah, uh, I'd love, I'd love to have Bruce Campbell. In it. I, I like that, like Sam Raimi has like consistently put him in in his films in like you know silly like all the Spider-Man films he did is just gets him in there for like a stupid cameo. And he was in, like <laughs> the latest Doctor Strange film, and he just had him like punching himself. It's just like I just I yeah. love that. <laughs> Good stuff. Now, is there any film, a horror film or TV program that's horror that you're looking forward to seeing that you haven't yet? <laughs> Sorry. Video shop tales of terror. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I suppose like we can talk about like like the more indie stuff. Yeah, totally. Sure, yeah. yeah, please. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, quite a few. Um. Tom Lee Rutter's pocket film of superstitions, I think, really exciting. So Tom Lee Rutter 
he did a film called Day of Stranger. He also did a Bellowing Witch Helm. He's oh, like yeah. a, he's a really interesting director. Um, and he's made this film, yeah, uh, Pocket Film of Superstitions. And it's I think it's all like segmented, and they're just different superstitions. And he's been shooting it for a long time, and it's it's premiering this month at oh no, I can't think of it. I can't think of the festival, um, but it's premiering really soon. And it's oh. I, 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 I imagine it's uh, bound to be at Horror on Sea next year as well. But that film, I think, is really exciting. Um, I mean, I'll mention Witches of the Sands because that's that that will be coming out at some point, hopefully. Um, I'm really <laughs> excited about that. I am uh, vaguely in it a couple of times, I think. Um, but, you know, I, I'm just so intrigued by that because... I've spent days on the set and I still don't really feel like I know what that film is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also listened to countless interviews with Tony and heard him talk about the film and I still don't know what that film is. But... I was going to say, he was on with us for an hour and 15 yeah. minutes and we don't, we don't know, he doesn't know, so it's all good. <laughs> I, I think it'll be, I, I mean, I, I, the, the, the trailer that, that Tony and Andy put together that they showed at Darkfest was like fantastic. And I think if that's any indication of what they've what they've got, then they've got something really special. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I feel like I should mention more because there's so many there's so many things coming up. But um, but yeah, I definitely like Pocket Film of Superstitions really got me intrigued. Um, and and Witches of the Sands. I'll put I'll make sure we have up links to, to yeah, both yeah. of those as well yeah. so people can check them out hopefully it'll be happening over my voiceover if I've edited this correctly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no that's good we definitely want to hear about the indie stuff that's coming out because we were talking recently about like what are you looking forward to and I'm like I mean I'll see whatever's coming out but like now I'm going back like we're trying to pick each other's brains of like have you ever seen this movie have you ever seen this movie you know like because yeah. We've watched so many, so the indie stuff is great. And like I said earlier, it's like we to be in the states. I'm assuming it may maybe it's different in in the UK, but to be in the states is like a horror movie fan's dream because it does have a lot of the independent horrors as well as you know mainstream stuff. So you can see Scream on there, but you can also see Ice Cream on the Beach. You can see you know Slacks. You can see you know the the Cyst. Like I, I you know all sorts of stuff, but. Actually, I'd like to ask you that because we don't get to be in the UK, and Chris is always telling me how great it is. What, what do you have a decent streaming service for horror films? I feel like I have to spread myself amongst everything, and then also end up buying Blu-rays anyway. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like obviously, I've heard that before about Tubi, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't really think we have like, I mean, we obviously we have Shudder here, um, which you, I don't, you don't get anything too low budget you, there's been a few things that have kind of got on there which which is interesting to see but i think even with shudder like we don't get the the full amount of films that you get abroad either so it's like a uh, yeah so we have a few different things and you know pay for stuff on prime and things really but there's no like yeah. not that i know of there's no dedicated service well, Tubi is listening come to the uk <laughs> yeah, or it sounds like there's a business opportunity for somebody out there <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So we'll so we're getting towards the end now. Obviously, we want to let you go, but we um we do a normal film every month, and this month it's because of Fourth of July. It's usually a London horror film, but we're doing an American one. Have you seen Secret Window with Johnny Depp? And if you have, what did you think? Huh. I have seen it. I don't remember it very well. No, that's fine. We sprung this <laughs> on you. It's totally okay. <laughs> sprung it on you, and it was also what almost twenty years old at this point. I think it was yeah, like two thousand four. So, I, yeah, I, 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 so he's like, um, he's a writer in it. Is he? And he's mm-hmm. like, is he in like, um, he's in like a cabin remote, upstairs. Yeah, I, I have seen it, but it's just like I just. I can't think of no worries. The I'm one that we had last month was Extra. Did you do you do you remember that one at all? Or have you seen it? <laughs> Extra <laughs> is worth watching. It's okay. mad. It's definitely uh very 80s, but I think you'd really like that because you seem to like the 80s look and the 80s 80s movie. Sci-fi horror 1980s. Oh, you can see it on YouTube. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Must be good. 
thank you. You've been really sweet answering our like yeah. weird question. Do you have anything right. else you want to talk about? Any other projects or things that are coming up? We want to make sure you have time and space to tell people about them. I think I think we sort of covered it all, but like um, you know, we've got video shot Tales of Terror that's you know out for pre-order now. You know, you can pre-order that film. Uh, we're working on Mosaic. Hopefully, that will be coming out at the end of no, the beginning of next year. Um, and we we just did uh, a segment for the last horoscopes, and we're now doing uh, Python for the second horoscopes, which is Maiko's horoscopes, different directors. Uh, Tony's one of the directors, Tony Martin's one of the directors we spoke to, spoke to previously. Um, yes, we're doing that and that's going to be like mad and really like colourful and saturated, but it is horror because I really want, I like this idea of doing like a really like oversaturated kind of nightmare-y thing that's just too colourful for a horror film, sort of like Wes Anderson-esque, but, but a horror film. Okay. And it's like very, it. it's, it's like a proper broad comedy, but like, it, yeah, with a, with a sort of horror twist, so. Yeah, they're, they're kind of the next things and, and the documentary, really. But yeah. What? I'm looking forward to all of it. <laughs> like, let's, yeah. I want to see them all. So, <laughs> sounds great. Yeah, the, the pocket of film of superstitions is at the 50 years of classic British horror uh, in Great Yarmouth. Yeah, that's happening uh, in a couple of weeks' time, actually. If anybody is in Yarmouth, I'll be up there selling death lines. Thank you, oh, Alex, for that impromptu yeah. plug. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's where you can also check out Pocket Film Superstitions. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, come to Great Yarmouth. It's very pretty. There's a beach. <laughs> so, you know, you can get a little ice cream on the beach vibes and yep. see, see the movie. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Alex. We've really yes, appreciated you. having you on. And and we are very excited about all of the films coming up. We'll put up links to everything. And, yes. and we just wish you best of luck. You've got so much going on. It's wonderful. Uh, I really appreciate you asking to come on great well thank you thank you <laughs> thanks so much and we will see you next time listeners thank you for joining us if you want to share your thoughts about this episode please head to our facebook or youtube pages we're grateful to kukurbit who made our music thank you for listening and please join us next time for the london horror movie club